dream you, you guys know man you got you got goddamn senioritis you're just fucking you're cashing it in you're coasting baby you've already applied to colleges you've already got accepted to colleges what are they gonna they're gonna unaccept you because you fucked off senior year <laughs> no they don't give a fuck they just they accepted you and they'll take your money and then uh 40 years later, you'll get uh, 10 grand debt relief. And I, I talked about that on the, the Patreon last night, everybody. If you have any kind of problem with people essentially getting a minimal amount of debt relief, go fuck yourself. If, if you're of the viewpoint of, well, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I paid it off and blah, 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 blah. Well, good for you. Good, good for fucking you. A lot of people are just buried under under debt, and uh, I think it's probably a, a pretty positive thing if we can uh, help alleviate it. It truly, if you have a problem with it, um, please please stop listening to this podcast and uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, constant swearing, occasionally funny. <laughs> But, um, boy, okay, 80, uh, 87, 88. The year before senior year, or the, the summer before my senior year of high school, I went to my first concert of all time. Now, I don't know if you remember your first concert or not. I remember my first concert. It was at Darien Lake, good old Darien Lake, which is the um, amusement park near Buffalo, where I grew up. And they had a concert venue, outdoor concert venue at Darien Lake. And I saw my very first concert. A lot of people are like, oh, it's a good fucking concert. I saw the Georgia Satellites open up for Tom Petty. That's good. Fuck. That's good fucking show, right? And this was uh, Tom Petty before he had that monster fucking album. What, what the fuck was it? Last Dance with Mary Jane and Tree Fallen, whatever the fuck. I mean, that was a good album, but I, I guess I learned to not like that album because every song was on, like, every fucking station. It's on the pop station, the classic rock station. It's on the new alternative station, even though they didn't have new alternative stations back then. It was on every, Tom Petty was on every fucking radio station, every fucking moment, and you just, I learned to fucking hate it. So it was before he was like monster big. Tom Petty was always big. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was always pretty big, right? I really enjoyed him. It's unfortunate that he passed away. Uh, I dug his work, you know, even like the traveling Wilburys and stuff without the, uh, uh, the, the, what, what did I say there, Ben? I'm sorry, everybody. I'm a little tired. Uh, I was going to say the Delaware Destroyers, but that was with fucking George Thorogood. But anyway, so, uh, so then I started getting into, let's go see more and more concerts. I was going to see more and more concerts. And one of the concerts that I wanted to go see was, uh, Aerosmith. Went and saw Aerosmith. And I think, I could be wrong, I think this was the uh, permanent vacation tour. 
I remember buying the tape. I got the cassette tape. And goddamn, uh, a lot of you young kids are, are never going to know the sensation of purchasing a cassette, opening it up for the first time, taking the cellophane off of it. Just It's got that new tape smell. You know how like cars have a new car smell? This had the new tape smell. And then you uh, pull out the cassette and then you see the liner notes. And there was nothing greater than when you're having to like unfold the liner notes like six, seven, eight times. Because it's got all the lyrics and it's got all the, the thank you notes and it's got everything in it. And that's the shit like you just, you're not going to get from like a digital purpose I, I, or purchase. I get that it's clearly much more convenient. Uh, you don't have to store things. You can listen to it anywhere. Like, I'm not even sure if I have a working cassette player in my house. <laughs> I know I have a couple things that have cassette tapes in the deck, but they don't fucking work. And I'm not even, to be honest, I'm not even sure if I have a cassette to play. But I wanted to go see Permanent Vacation or go, go at least go see Aerosmith, right? And, um, there were, I had a, not a huge group of friends, but, you know, larger than what I have currently. <laughs> there were, I think maybe like, there were at least eight, if not more of us, right? And, um, we had to take two cars. We took two cars to go see it. And this was in the, the winter time. And we, uh, we went to see them at the Memorial Auditorium in downtown Buffalo, the Odd. The Odd doesn't even exist anymore. They, they tore it down and they rebuilt a new uh, arena relatively close. The HSBC, I think is what they call it. I don't know. It's probably another venue that's changed names numerous times over the years. But the odd was something special. And by special, it was just a fucking concrete block. God damn. The Sabres played there. The Buffalo Braves, the basketball team uh, the Buffalo had for a while played there. The indoor soccer team, the Buffalo Stallions, they played there. Uh, concerts, clearly, I'm sure... They had college uh, basketball there. I think Canisius and Niagara would play there. So uh, it, it was just this big concrete block. And one of the scary things about it was um, the, the upper bowl area was almost like, like there were stairs, but they were so goddamn steep. It was like fucking walking up a ladder, like legitimately. It was kind of like you're sitting in your seat and when you look down, you kind of felt like you were going to tumble onto the ice or whatever, right? Very, very, it, it probably, at one moment, it was like the, a shining gem in uh, architect, uh, architectural history. But it just was a huge piece of shit, and I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> but uh, back then, so we got tickets. And that was back in the day, too, when you had to, like, you had, you had to actually go to a place and buy tickets. You had to like wait overnight and get in line. And you would go into, uh, I think for me it was AMNAs was the store. And we would, we would camp out in front of the door. <laughs> so overnight we're camping out waiting to get fucking tickets the next morning, right? And we got tickets. We all got floor tickets. We're down on the floor to see Aerosmith, right? We're all fucking juiced. We're all fucking ready to go. And like I said, there were eight of us, and not we weren't all together. We just it just didn't work that way. You, I don't think you could buy like ten tickets at a time like you can now. You had to. I think it was the most you could get was like two or whatever at a time. But. Um, so there was a group of us on one side and there was a group of us on the other side, right? And I remember some of my, like my buddy, uh, Tom Bucklew was there. And, uh, God, I'm pretty sure my buddy, Chris Horning, maybe Tim Bartels. There were a bunch of us, right? 
and we're just all fucking geeked. And and uh, the the guy that the guy that I want to talk about specifically who was there, uh, his name was Chris, and I'm just gonna leave it as Chris. Um, and he was with us too. And he, Chris was a dude that I've I've known I had known forever, right? Like his parents were friends with my parents, and uh, we were the same age, so we were in a lot of classes together. And uh, you know, just just got to know this guy. But over over the course of um, junior to senior year, there were just weird things going on with Chris, right? And and, and again, as as a as a kid. You just don't recognize things for what they were. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on with him, right? Like, what a fucking weirdo. And um, Chris was a smart guy. You know, he, he was all sorts of AP classes, and he got accepted to Syracuse College. You know, I think he was like an engineering degree or some shit. You know, smart, smart kid. Smarter than me, for sure. But it wouldn't take a whole lot, but like, smarter than me. And just weird things were going on with him. Like he he clearly was getting more into the drug culture, you know, marijuana and fucking probably other shit, you know, mushrooms, psychedelics, whatever. I don't know if he did anything more. It, it, that was never my scene. Long-time listeners will know it was never my fucking scene. So I don't, you know, I don't really know. I just I avoided it. So when we get there, you know, we're also, we're waiting in line, even though we got tickets and, you know, it's reserved seating. So it's just kind of like our, our seats were our seats, but you're still, you're waiting in line to get in. You just want to get in. And, and uh, so, you know, we're all in line and we're just kind of waiting and, and Chris is with us and he's just kind of antsy. And we see this couple two three dudes are kind of over by the side they're kind of hanging out by the bushes clearly you knew they were they were smoking weed or they, they were doing the shit that they shouldn't have been doing they were ne'er-do-wells and we didn't know these fucking dudes we didn't fucking know them they seemed a little older than us i mean fuck we were all 17 18 year old kids right we didn't fucking know these dudes but Chris, being who Chris was and who Chris was turning into, he was like, oh, I'm going to go over there. We're all like, all right, man, well, you got your fucking ticket. You do what you need to do. And we get in, and we're all excited. We're down on the fucking floor. It's fucking the greatest of all time, right? Even though we weren't super close, we're still kind of far back. We're down on the goddamn floor. And it was one of those things like, you know, I don't know if you guys go to concerts or not. If you're too far back, you just stand on your chair. You're not really sitting down. You don't fucking sit down. You have a chair. And I guess technically you can sit down. But then you ain't going to see shit. <laughs> Even me, as tall as I was, still wasn't going to see shit. You got to stand on these things. So I go down... And uh, you know the, the one group of people they're doing their 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 group wherever I was with my group, and we didn't know where the fuck Chris was because again, the the doors open we all go in he's still with those dudes and they were like laughing at him right they were not laughing with him they were laughing at him because uh, you know I don't know like whatever they gave him they knew what the fuck they gave him and he didn't fucking know whatever right you just Hey man, you're you're. I don't want to say you're a grown ass man, but uh, I I am not your dad. So see ya. So we get in there, right? And it's still you know, the opening act's not even on. People are just kind of piling in, whatever. It's Aerosmith, sold out fucking show, right? Twelve thousand people, whatever. There, but it was great. And um, Chris shows up. And he, you could tell he's just, he's just fucked up. <laughs> he's just out of it, right? And he's kind of manic. And he's just saying whatever the fuck he was saying. And it, it really was one of those things of like, God damn, dude, you're fucking annoying us. Really is what it was. We're, we're just here to see the fucking show, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you? And then, so he wandered off again. Whatever, right? He comes back. Um, and he was with the other group. And, God, I cannot remember who it was. But someone came over and they're like, hey, man, Chris is fucked up. And we're like, yeah, we know. And uh, 
He's like, no, he's fucked up. And we go over, and he's just kind of like passed out on the floor of the arena. Not, not, not in good shape. And, and I remind everybody, this is before the opening act hasn't even gotten on stage yet, and he's fucked up on the goddamn floor. And we're like, fucking Christ. And so I don't know if it was one of us or somebody else, but some. I mean, maybe it was just security in general saw shit was going on. So security came. Uh, the, I guess some, some medical officials came over. Uh, this was not their first rodeo. It was kind of our first rodeo because we're all like, what the fuck? And they came and they put him on a stretcher and they take him away. And, you know, he's unconscious. He's out of it. He's gone. And we're all looking at each other and we're all like, fuck that guy. <laughs> now, probably not the most appropriate response. But uh, we're all like, we're staying. We paid money to see this fucking show. We're going to see the show. We don't know where the fuck he went, what the fuck's going on. But we, we stayed and we saw the show. And it was a great fucking show. And um, I remember I, I was one of the drivers. I drove my dad's Dodge Aspen. 1978 Dodge Aspen, huge gray with uh, like maroon interior. <laughs> Fuck it, I remember that beast well. And drove home, and you know, I drop off everybody at their house or wherever the fuck we met up. You know, I get home, and by that time, you know, I don't know, it's midnight, whatever, it's late, and uh, apparently Chris's parents they had been notified, whatever. And they called my parents. And, you know, this is all pre-cell phone area. This is 1988 or whatever. And so, you know, they're not getting a hold of me. <laughs> I'm at the concert. And I get home and my parents hear me get home and my mom calls me into the bedroom and they're, and they're like asking me about Chris or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He went off and did shit. And he came back and he was fucked up. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And at that time, too, I mean, I'll just say, I didn't feel like I needed to be there to hold his fucking hand, right? And I would have felt the same way with anyone who was in our group. Hey, you got fucked up. Uh, they're taking you to the hospital. Good luck to you. Now, does that make me a bad friend? Maybe. Does him getting fucked up and ruining things for the rest of us make him a bad friend? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely makes him a bad friend. Jesus Christ. Um, so, fast forward a year or two later. Uh, it comes to pass that uh, Chris had a lot of mental health issues. Um, Chris eventually got diagnosed with schizophrenia. And uh, it probably, a lot of the substance abuse, uh, in, in my brain at least, was, prob was probably to help him kind of deal with the mental health issues, the voices and everything else. And it was just, it was very sad to see him over the course of the next, you know, four years, five years, whatever it was, just kind of deteriorate from the person that, he was and could have been to the person that he ultimately became. And a lot of in and out of uh, mental health hospitals, a lot of fucking uh, psych medications. Uh, the dude just gained a shit ton of weight, too. He, he, was, he was not a very tall man. Five, six, five, seven, probably. But he fucking just gained 100 pounds, probably. That's one of the problems with psych meds, for, for those who are unaware. Psych meds, un unfortunately, one of the side effects seems to be a lot of weight gain. And so a lot of people just won't want to take the meds because of all the weight gain that's associated with it. It, it makes them feel bad or they, they don't feel like they look good or whatever else. And it's just one of those. It's the catch-22 of like you're not going to do well if you don't take the meds and you don't feel good because you are taking the meds. And it's like, oh, fucking Christ. So it's just you constant in and out with psychiatrists trying to find the right cocktail that works. 
I remember, you know, we always tried to do our best when we were around him. I mean, I was gone. I mean, I was away at school. You know, he, you know, he had to drop out of Syracuse and I think he lived a good portion of the time at his parents' house and uh, I know they ended up getting him an apartment of his own and just, just on good. Um, you know, some of the guys who stayed in town were a little better at, you know, associating and doing things with him. And I, I remember, you know, in the summer he'd come back and we'd always, we'd go play basketball. We had a lot of town parks that had basketball courts and we would go play and, you know, everybody tried to come in. So we'd have him come play too. You know, there was an instance where, uh, we were playing and Chris fouled somebody. God, I can't remember who the fuck it was. It doesn't necessarily matter, but he, he fouled somebody and they were like, what the fuck? And he was like, Maybe I'm just having a bad day. And he just said it in a kind of way that everyone was like, what the fuck? Well, guess we're done playing basketball, everybody. Because it was just one of these like, ah, oh, fuck, is he going to snap? We're now what the fuck's happening? So just all all very weird. And he ended up, um, Chris, Chris passed away probably, I don't know, we were 24, 25. He, uh, he, uh, had spent a long stint in the psych hospital. Like, I think he was there like two months or something. Just, which is a real fucking long time for inpatient psych hospital stay. He came out and, um, I think his, his parents let him go home and he ended up passing away from an overdose and I'll always believe, like, he knew what the fuck he was doing. He, all, all, all very sad, all very tragic. Not, not, not so good. But I imagine uh, we all have instances of knowing somebody like Chris, and you're just like, ah, fuck. You know, again, as a kid, these things. Like I remember at lunchtime in high school, we we were sitting to get, we would eat lunch together. And uh, he would just talk about how he wanted to write a letter to Led Zeppelin, to, to Jimmy Page. And he's like, if I write Jimmy Page the perfect letter, he'll have to come to our high school and perform. And it's just like, what are you fucking talking about? Right? What are you talking about, you fucking lunatic? But, um, you know, it's just this, this manic shit. You're just not recognizing it as mania. You're just you're you're recognizing it as fucking weirdness. So whatever, whatever. <laughs> but hey, everybody! Hey, everybody! It is uh, it's uh, me, my Stu McAllister with me as always are the dogs. I got Wean Dog at the end of the couch. He's staring at me in a uh, half half awake, half asleep days. Sadie Dog is upstairs in my room. Uh, I'm looking on the porch. I see Cow Cat in one of the cat trees. Don't know where Larry Cat is. I'm assuming he's upstairs uh, with his girlfriend Sadie Dog. But uh, but there you go. You guys are all caught up in what what's going on. Uh, how was your day, everybody? How was your day? Was it a good day? I sincerely hope it was a good day, everybody. I hope it was a good day. because Why? Because today was Thursday, August 25th, 2022. One day closer to the weekend. Going to be a lot of fun this weekend, hopefully. Hopefully you had a good day. Hopefully you didn't have to work too hard. If you if you did have to work, uh, I hope it was an easy day. Um, if you had a shitty day, just slam a couple beers, go to bed, wake up. Tomorrow's Friday. Friday, right? Fridays are always good days, right? Payday for a lot of people. It's all fucking fucking good, man. I had I worked today. I had to drive all the way to goddamn uh, Bay City. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a fake name? Like that's not a real fucking place, Bay City. 
I had to go. It's it's a pretty easy route. It's just long. It's two hours to get to the first stop. And, you know, I go and I do it. I've done the route. I know the route. A lot of the places on it are seasonal. They're going to be done. One one guy is kind of a fucking putz. He owns a like kind of like a dirt track out there that we sell dots to. And I swear to fucking God, the reason... The reason I don't like this guy is because every time I go there, the dude always changes like the expectations of what you're supposed to do. Like the first time I went there, I went to like the office area. There was nobody there. I didn't see anybody. I called. Nobody was fucking there. So I left. Yeah, there's nobody there. They got a little concession stand. Nobody was there. I'm like, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And the dude called me called me while I was driving away. He's like, oh, man, we're in the back. You're supposed to come to the back. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to know this? I see a concession stand here by the office. Nobody's fucking here. What the, how the fuck am I supposed to know you got a concession stand on the other side of the track? So I go back there and give them the dots, whatever. So then the second time I ever go there, I go back to where the fucking concession stand is because that's where he told me to fucking go. And I get back there, and there's nobody fucking there. There's nobody there. I'm just kind of, I call him. He doesn't answer. I'm just kind of hanging out for a second. Nobody's fucking coming. And then the dude shows up, and he's like, oh, you're supposed to go to the front. I'm like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. Okay. All right. All right. So today, I go. I go to the front, and uh, nobody's there. Nobody's there. So I'm just going to leave. I'm Fuck you and fuck your mom. But he shows up. He, he pulls up in this big old truck of his, and he's like, and he goes, what do you want? What do you think I want, you dumb dick? For those who don't know, I drive Dippin' Dot uh, ice cream truck. We sell Dippin' Dots all over the great state of Michigan. So I'm driving this huge fucking Dippin' Dots van. What the fuck do you think I want, you dumb fucking cunt? I'd, ugh, I want to take your daughter on a date, you asshole. And I go, ah, I'm just, I know it's the end of the season for you guys. Didn't know if you'd want some product or whatever. I'm doing the route. Oh, you're supposed to call. This is the first time I've ever heard him say this. You're supposed to call. Okay, man. I'm going to start calling everybody at six, five, six in the morning when I start my day. You fucking cocksuckers. I'm like, well, do you want any dots? And he's like, no. And he's like, as a matter of fact, we're just going to try to run through the product. And when we're done with product, we're probably going to be done. I'm like, okay. I get it, man. I get it. And he's like, yeah, they just weren't selling like they were last year. And I'm like, well, why do you think that is? And he goes, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in what this fucking hillbilly's got to say. He's like, the reason we're not selling anymore is because Dippin' Dots aren't special. They're not. They're, they're in every fucking corner. They're in every fucking store. And I'm just staring at him, and I'm like going, bullshit, motherfucker. As a person who delivers Dippin' Dots, I absolutely know they're not fucking in every store. Within the, the where this guy is fucking, uh, his dirt fucking racetrack is, there's two stores that are within a half hour of where he is. Please, motherfucker, don't give me this shit of like they're everywhere. I wish they were everywhere. They're not. And for him to say that, it's just kind of dumb, too. It's because nobody's going to your racetrack to get Dippin' Dots, you dumb motherfucker. They're going to the racetrack to watch the races, and then they're like, hey, let's go get some concessions. Oh, my God, you guys got Dippin' Dots? That's fantastic. Let me get Dippin' Dots. Nobody goes, oh, my God, you guys got ice cream? Well, I can get ice cream anywhere. I'm not going to eat ice cream. Oh, my God, you got Coke? I don't want fucking Coke. I I can fucking get Coke at the gas station. I can get Coke anywhere. He's just dumb, and that's why he fucking runs a fucking goddamn dirt track. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. So I go do the route. I'm done with the route. It's an easy route, but the boss man's like, hey, man, we got a new school. There's a new high school over your way. They want dots. I'm like, great. Cafeteria or school store, because there is a difference, everybody. Cafeterias, for whatever reason, they get they buy them from us cheaper than they would like a school store. So I need to know just for the goddamn fucking um, invoice. And he's like, it's the cafeteria. I'm like, okay. And he sends me a picture of the order. And the picture of the order, it's got the wrong price. It's got the price for 
uh, what would be the school store, but from the school store like four years ago when I first started working there. I'm like, this, this price is wrong. I'm like, is the sales guy fucking getting drunk at home now because this price is wrong? This is not, this is not a price for anything anymore. And my boss is like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice. I'm like, well, fuck, yeah, like, I'm the one who's got to go and talk to these people, not you dudes. So we figured it out, what it was, and it's, it is amazing how much cheaper they get it for. I don't know why that is, but they do. So I got it. We're good to go. I come back. I get to the warehouse. I do everything I need to do. I punch out when I, I notice when I punch out. We got an app on our phone. It's called Paycor. I don't know if you guys use Paycor or not. I fucking hate it because it's always goddamn wrong because I punch out. And yesterday was a long day. Yesterday was over a 15-hour day for me, everybody. It was a long fucking day. I knew it would be a long day. It was a long day. Today was like a 10-hour day. It's been some long fucking days, everybody. Long fucking days. And for whatever reason, Paycor, when you work a long-ass day, if you work like over 12, 13 hours, Paycor gets fucking fussy. Paycor does not like to acknowledge that you work that many hours. I'm like, well, I just have a job where I'm constantly doing shit. I don't have breaks. It does, I don't get like 15 minute breaks. I don't get lunch break. I don't get any of that shit. And people will go, well, you, it's because you're fucking driving. And I'm like, yep, nope. I get it, everybody. I get it. I'm in a van and I'm just driving. And sometimes there will be 45 minutes in between stops or whatever. But that's not my fault. That's just fucking how the route's set up. So it's a lot of fucking driving. So, you know, I kind of eat in the van. I do shit in the van. But I'm still fucking working. <laughs> uh, you know, do any of you guys want to drive eight hours a day? Probably not. Most people don't. I don't mind it. I kind of enjoy it. But it's still fucking work. It is still fucking work. And for whatever reason, Paycor does not like to acknowledge it. So I got to email everybody. I got to email my boss. I got to email his boss. I got to email the HR lady. I'm like, hey, uh, and then I get a screenshot of everything. I'm like, hey, if you take a peek at this, it's all fucked up. Can you fix it? Please fix it. And th they generally do. But I hate that I, you know, and this is my. I just need to acknowledge that I need to do this. I hate that I have to go and look and see that this fucking computer system's working appropriately or, I, or I'm going to get fucked with my hours. They don't fuck you in a way where you're, they're giving you more hours. It isn't like you work four hours and they're going to pay you for 10. It's you work 15 hours and they only want to pay you for seven. <laughs> you're like, no, no. I just hate it, everybody. I hate that I'm already over a, we get paid every two weeks, so I'm already over 100 hours, not including tomorrow, so I'm putting in 50 plus hours a week. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Saturday, Saturday, I am uh, going to go see some grapples. I don't think I've mentioned this. I'm going to go up to Kalkaska, Michigan, where all the fucking rednecks and hillbillies live. There's three Ks in Kalkaska, and there's a reason for that, everybody. <laughs> uh, that's where the grapples are. I'm going to go. And uh, I mentioned it because it was on Saturday, and I had a ticket. Somebody was going to go with me. They bailed. Um, so I asked... Uh, old co-host of sorts on the podcast, good old Graham Van Baccarino. A long-time listeners will know uh, Graham's name. He lives up. He lives up in Petoskey, which is a little farther north of Kalkaska. So he'd have to actually drive down. It probably it's like a two-hour drive for me to get to Kalkaska. And then he'd probably have to drive less than an hour to come down. And I'm like, hey, man, do you want to go? And he's like, fuck, yeah, I want to go. But here's the, here's the thing, everybody. Here's the thing. That motherfucker, and I, I hope I'm not talking out of turn, uh, he's got the Rona. <laughs> he's had the Rona for a while. And I thought that he was, I thought he was done with the Rona. Because, I mean, like I said, he's had at least a week plus. But apparently he keeps self-testing or whatever himself. Now, he also works at a hospital, everybody. So they're probably a little more stringent about testing than fucking me selling Dippin' Dots. 
But he's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know if I'll be healthy or not. I'm like, what the fuck? So hopefully he's healthy. We're going to go and we're going to have a good time. I, the reason I'm going all the way up to Kalkaska, my, uh one of the wrestlers that I enjoy, Rohit Raju, Hakeem Zane is going to be there. And uh, can't lie, he's, he's probably the only reason I'm going. It'll be a good show. It'll be a good show. It's always a good show. But uh, but there you go. I will uh, for Patreon listeners. I will probably try to um, record before I go up there to see the show, so you guys will get yours. I don't want to blow it off. You guys will get yours. So if you like, hey, uh, I'm doing this early. But if you guys like this free podcast, consider subscribing to the Patreon. Freebies are Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, Patreon pretty much every other day of the week. Just five bucks a month. Well worth it. One less ice mocha mocha in your life. I think you should fucking consider it. And it's, uh, you just do it month by month. And you can start tomorrow if you want. You don't have to start on the first day of the month. So completely up to you. I would uh, really appreciate it if you did. But if you don't, I won't 100% understand that too. Um, so, you know, I was having a pretty good day. I was, you know, good, pretty decent day at work. Came home, you know, fed the dogs, did the dishes, made some dinner. I'm having a good day. Um, and then all of a sudden, some shit pops up. Uh, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Sometimes my internet browser, uh, all the stories that I find to talk about will disappear. And I don't know why. I don't know how I managed to do it, but I... They disappeared, but I brought it back. Phew. Um, a awful, awful story popped up in uh, you know, my social media. And uh, you're like, ah, fuck. You know, list, listeners of the podcast will know I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. I grew up in Buffalo. But, you know, love, love the sport, love the team. They've been really good the last couple of years. This, this is the year they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. That always scares me. Uh, I always like it better when your team's like an underdog. <sighs> but some some shenanigans is occurring, and it's just not good. Uh Matt Ariza, affectionately known as the Punt God. Uh, I actually did a YouTube video of me smashing a table wearing a Punt God jersey when he got drafted back in April. Uh, He's been accused of participating in a gang rape of a 17-year-old girl. I'm like, oh, fucking Christ. It's a civil lawsuit. It's not a criminal lawsuit. It's still not a good thing. I mean, that's where so much of the shit with Deshaun Watson was going through civil court, not criminal court. But the lawsuit alleges that Ariza, then an All-American at San Diego State, had sex with the minor outside his off-campus house while she was intoxicated at a party in October, then brought her inside to a room where she was repeatedly raped by multiple men. Oh, fucking Christ. The group alleged included two of Ariza's Aztec teammates, Xavier Leonard and Nolan Iwaliko. There is reportedly an ongoing criminal investigation into the incident, as well as a Title IX investigation at San Diego State. No arrests have been made, but San Diego detectives have reportedly submitted their investigation to the San Diego County District Attorney's Office which will decide whether or not to submit uh, charges. In the lawsuit, as reported by the LA Times, the accuser, who is now 18, claims to arrived at the party on October 16th after drinking with friends. She alleges Ariza gave her a drink she believed to contain intoxicating substances other than alcohol, then took her outside and told her to perform oral sex despite being told she was a high school student. Ariza allegedly had sex with the girl, then took her to a bedroom where Leonard Iwelko and at least one other man were waiting. She claimed she was thrown on the bed face first, then raped for an hour and a half. Once the party was shut down, she claimed to 
emerged from them crying with her nose, belly button, and ear piercings pulled out and bleeding from her vagina. Jesus Christ. Well, it's been 10 months since the alleged rape knowledge of the incident was reportedly commonplace at San Diego State within days. Arise's name reportedly serviced in, in at least one anonymous report made by student-athletes soon after the party. One athlete reportedly questioned why no investigation had begun and accused officials of hiding the allegations due to the success of the football team, which finished 12-2 and and ranked 25th in the AP poll. See... This is the problem that I have with um, sports in general. I feel like a lot of guys get passes because of their athletic proudness. Now, fuck. As a guy who's really excited that they drafted him, as a guy who's really hopeful that the Bills do very good this year, I clearly I would want like all of this shit to be false and go away but I also know a good portion of this shit is not false and doesn't go away and even if uh, let's say he gets cleared of shit and he uh, is, is through civil court nothing happens that way either there's still just like a fucking stain on his name and it just sounds so bad it's just bad. It's bad. It's bad for him, and fuck him if he did do this shit. It's bad for the Bills. Like, there's the whole due diligence of, like, the investigation of, like, this is kind of like a weird, like, commonplace thing of, like, people just know that this sort of happened. Like, there were whispers of weird shit occurring. Oh, it's just not good. And I'm also just like, he's a fucking punter, you fucking punt. Know your place, punter. You're in the corner getting beers for everybody else. You're not fucking raping chicks, you fucking asshole. It's just not good. It's just not good. He was a dude I was really excited for. It's just not. I actually, I turned one of my jerseys. I made a makeshift punt god jersey. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just just fucking bad. Just bad, just bad. I watched the um, Lions uh, Hard Knocks on HBO last night. I don't know if you guys have been watching it or not. Don't mean to brag, I got HBO. But um, yeah, it, it was like week three of it. And I'm not going to lie, the first two episodes didn't make me like the Lions more. This last week did. I think maybe because of the focus of some of the athletes. I much prefer athletes who are a little more humble. And a good portion of the time they show athletes who are not, who are they're aggressive and pushy or whatever. And I kind of get like you sort of need to have that attitude. The higher you get in professional whatever, the more likely you probably need to be a little bit of a fucking asshole. But fuck, it's, I find it very um, off-putting. Ah, fuck. Fuck. Fuckity fuck. Fuckity fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuckity fuck. Well, let's stick with football. I got two more things and then I'm done. Um, I got sent the, this video earlier today by my buddy Adam. But then I actually saw an article for it as well, too. There's a, uh, a high school football team in Illinois. <laughs> and... Uh, they did something unusual. They had a, a mom's night. And uh, what they do is they, uh, the kids, the sons, will be out there. They'll have their gear on, their helmet, their shoulder pads, whatever. But then they also give the gear for the moms. They suit up the moms. So the moms have fucking helmet on. They got pads on. They got it all going on. But then what they do is they allow the mom to tackle the kids just to kind of like they're going through the process of it as well. Like now I imagine probably most women haven't played tackle football. I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just saying probably hasn't. I'm going to tell you guys this too. I've never played like 
organized tackle football. I mean, we always did, uh, you know, dumb games when we were kids, you know, just in a field playing football and we'd tackle each other, whatever. But with pads on, so it's just kind of funny that they got the, these videos of it. And some of these moms just look like fucking bruisers themselves. Like, why aren't they fucking suiting up mom on game day? This fucking mom looks like a fucking beast. And they just, they go and they just tackle the kid on like what would be uh, like the high jump pads. Like, or, or uh, the pole vaulting pads, you know, they, they go and they jump over the thing and they fall and they fall on those big pads. That's what's happening. Oh my God. Wow. That mom didn't give a shit about her kid. She just speared him right in the gut. Oh, oh God. Some of these hits are fucking brutal. These moms. I'm not going to lie. These moms have kind of let themselves go too, though. <laughs> if you get a chance, it was on like uh, HBO or HBO ESPN's account, Sport Sports Center. If you go to uh, at Sports Center on Twitter, and that's probably up on their Facebook page as well, or maybe their Instagram page too. But just go watch it if you care. I don't know. What's the lesson? I don't know. Is there a lesson? Maybe it's the show the mom what the kids go through. I don't really know. I, I like it, though. It's, it's pretty funny. Good good for those ladies. Good for those kids. And uh, I'm going to end on this. Uh, I don't think I talked about this on the podcast. But they, they, there was a video of this weird fucking dude at a baseball game. And I don't know if he knew he was being recorded or not. I'm assuming probably not. But so much of this stuff is just fucking staged nowadays. But he's got a hot dog, right? And uh, he's got the hot dog. He took the bun off. There were no condiments or anything. And he had a, a, his cup of beer. And he took like a straw. And he put the straw through the hot dog. So the hot dog would have a whole, like, he did it the lengthwise, not like through the middle of it, but through. So the straw would fit all the way through the hot dog. And then he started using the hot dog as a straw to drink his beer. And I'm like, ultimately, it seems like one, I wouldn't think a hot dog would make for a good straw. <laughs> I don't see that happening. And two, while it seems gross, it's just it's just hot dog and a beer. So there's nothing technically gross about it, but it just seems weird and inefficient. But apparently Oscar Meyer is selling for the first time ever cold dogs. Frozen pop that tastes like the brand's hot dog wiener that allegedly boasts both refreshing and smoky humany notes of a hot dog and topped with a mustard swirl. <laughs> the idea stems from an Instagram post on Oscar Meyer's account a few months ago in which its followers originally the uh, deemed the idea genius in a poll. So it's a hot dog on a stick. After the overwhelming fan excitement for our beloved cold dog, it was a no-brainer to make this hot dog-inspired frozen pop a reality. It's not a nationwide release. The cold dog is now on sale for $2 at select pop bar locations in Long Beach, New York City, New Orleans, and Alpharetta, Georgia. Pop bar is a chain of gelato shops that help Oscar Mayer make this freakish flavor. Now that just sounds gross. I don't want to eat like ice cream flavored hot dog. It just sounds nasty. It sounds nasty. And it's got like fake mustard on it. I'm going to pass on that. Like I'll eat a lot of weird things. Like I suppose if it was available here, I would eat it. <laughs> Even though I just said I wouldn't. I would I would eat it just to try. But, yeah, I was just going to say I couldn't eat it because I'm on the no mammal diet. But this is like gelato or ice cream of some kind so I could eat this would you eat it I mean it just looks like a fucking 
hot dog popsicle. And that's when I originally saw it, that's what I thought it was. They're like just selling cold hot dogs on a stick. Ugh. I, but I can see people just eating a cold hot dog. People do that anyway. They just like it's just baloney, I guess, right? Isn't hot dog just baloney? I don't know. I do know that I'm done. I'm done, everybody. It's been a day. I'm tired. I watched uh, Only Murders in the Building, the final episode, the the season finale. It was really good. If you guys have Hulu, you should really check out uh, Only Murders in the Building. And then uh, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go watch She-Hulk. She-Hulk is good, too. I thought it would be garbage, but at least the first episode from last week was good. So I'm hoping the episode this week is good. So we will see. But uh, all right, everybody, I am done. If you guys could uh, do me a solid, like the Facebook page, like the Twitter page. I already mentioned the Patreon. So if you guys want to check that out, that'd be great. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Patreon.com. Search Elemental Podcast. You should find it. Just five bucks. That's it. Uh, If you guys could do the whole rate, review, subscribe, I'd appreciate it. If you don't, I totally get it. I wouldn't do it. I don't do it. But if you can do it, that'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And then I got four things I would like you to uh, do if you could. If you haven't already, go check out the Sunday Slaw on Facebook. That's Adam and Stephanie House, a married couple who eats a whole lot of coleslaw together. I can only imagine the farts that are going on in their bedroom. But if you like coleslaw, you're going to like their page. So go check them out, The Sunday Slaw. They put out new videos every Sunday. And they were on vacation down there in Disney, so they were doing more. So, uh, But go check them out, The Sunday Slaw on Facebook. Go check out Magic JBM on Facebook as well, too. That's my buddy John Midgley. He is a magician, a social worker, an artiste, an all-around good dude. My cats are now fighting on the porch. That's wonderful. But he's got a page for his magic stuff, so go check it out on Facebook, Magic JBM. Hey, what's going on? Larry. Larry's just a weird talker. Uh, If you can check out Bear Boards and Table on Facebook, Instagram, and Macari, Bear as in a Grizzly. Uh, Mark makes some really cool things with wood. He's got a saw and he chops things up. He makes uh, cutting boards and keychains and knickknacks and paddy wax. So go check out his pages on Facebook and Instagram and then go buy something from him on Macari. That is bare boards and tables. And then last but not least, my buddy uh, Matt Harper has got an Instagram and a TikTok page to show off the art that he creates. He's, he's been really pumping out these like clay uh, gnomes or trolls or whatever you want to call them. And uh, they're super cool. They're super cool. He made me a couple uh, Buffalo Bill themed ones. I uh, gave one away. I'll be giving away another one pretty soon. But uh, go check him out on Instagram and TikTok. That is uh, Matt Harper Art. That's Matt with two T's. The extra T is for titties. So do those four things for me if you could. The Sunday Slaw, Magic JBM, Bear Boards and Tables, and Matt Harper Art. And that's it, everybody. I am done. You guys are great. Thank you for listening. I will be back tomorrow for the Patreon. Otherwise, I will see you on Monday for the next freebie. All right. We'll see you guys. Have a good day. Okay, bye.